0: Hello, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations, a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I am Laura Karfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations. I am so excited to be starting another week with you guys. And today's guest is no stranger to Surviving Breast Cancer nor the podcast. Her name is Stephanie McLeod Estevez, and she is our art therapy teacher. So, once a month, she teaches workshops for our Surviving Breast Cancer community. I know a lot of you out there already know this lovely, amazing soul. And I am just so excited because when I met Stephanie, gosh, I don't even know how many months or years ago now, but when I met Stephanie, it was like an instant connection, not just because of, you know, breast cancer uniting us and becoming fast and furious friends, but honestly, because she has a way of connecting with people, you know, just taking a deep dive into compassion and empathy and really believing in, you know, the true beauty that we all have. So I am just so honored and so thrilled to be having Stephanie on today's podcast. If you want to find out more or RSVP for one of Stephanie's future art therapy workshops, hop on over to survivingbreastcancer.org forward slash events, and you can find out all the information right there.
1: You know, it always in the back of my head, I was like, maybe I'll get cancer one day. And so let you know, sure enough, 14 years later, I'm diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer.
0: Today Stephanie's gonna share not only her own personal experience with breast cancer, but what it was like when she found out that her mother was diagnosed and ultimately passed away from metastatic disease. She talks about how she turned to art therapy as her modality for healing, as well as drumroll, please, announcing her new book, Beautiful Boobs. So we have so much to dive into today.
1: Art therapy is so good at helping you like experience and express your pain, but it actually is a great amplifier for what brings you joy, what brings you hope, what brings you. I mean, like the title of the book that I've written is Beautiful Boobs because, like, ultimately, When you lean into your story and you honor it and validate it and you connect with your inner creative, you feel really good. Welcome to
0: the conversation. beginning and i don't know for you if the beginning is you know your education and your career going into art therapy or if the beginning is you know experiencing your mother's diagnosis or if the beginning for you is your diagnosis you know i feel like this this continuum is never a straight line so oh my gosh where would you like to begin
1: where should i begin so i definitely think that i would have probably never become an art therapist if I hadn't experienced my mom's cancer. And so it's like the beginning in my mind is well, I mean, but I was always really interested in people and their, you know, their hearts and their souls and all that sort of stuff. But it was really, I think my mom's breast cancer, you know, and it was her second cancer. So Mm. she was diagnosed when I was 19 was her primary cancer. And I was off in college and she was like, with my blessing, please go just live your life. Treatment went pretty well. Her sister had been, through breast cancer herself. Um, I don't know how many years apart they were, but they maybe about seven. And so, you know, we kind of were like, okay, things went fine for my aunt Julie um, and things went okay for my mom, you know, like she went through her treatment. um, And then I returned back from school. It was like already done and things were fine she was a therapist. I was always like, I'm a social justice person. And, (laughs) but then when I was 25, her cancer returned and, you know, I was living in Boston actually at the time working as a social worker. And it was pretty, um, very different outcome. Like my aunt, her sister, you know, more than 30 years now is still has never had a recurrence of cancer. Um, but my mom, she had just finished the Appalachian Trail, like the through hike from Georgia oh, wow. to Maine. How special. Yeah. Super special. You know, like this huge crowning life achievement and she came back and she went to see her oncologist just for a regular checkup. And he found a spot on her neck that he was concerned about. And sure enough, it did end up turning out to be stage four breast cancer and it was everywhere.
0: Wow. And no symptoms and was, or anything else. Like she wouldn't have really known.
1: Well, so she did get really bad lymphedema on the trail. And um, so that was probably a symptom that things were starting to back up. And then I remember asking her, I was like, mom, how did you not know (laughs) that this was happening? I mean, and I granted, like, I think the signs can be subtle. And she was like, you know, everybody was complaining about pain on the trail. So I just assumed my pain was no different. and. Um, yeah, so when she got diagnosed, it was a few months before you know, from knowing that till I made the decision to return home okay. because I just sort of felt like you know this is one of those pivotal moments in your life, and i didn't I didn't really want to just wait for phone calls and treatment updates or you know, like I felt like I needed to be there mm-hmm. and my my brother actually moved home too, and initially, things were going pretty well until it went into her spine and her brain. And then that was kind of like the beginning of the end. So she passed her one year anniversary of finishing the Appalachian Trail and died like two weeks later.
0: So a very aggressive yeah. disease.
1: Super aggressive. And, you know, I think like they did everything they could do. And like she had... You know, intensive chemotherapy, and then she went through radiation, and then they actually did like chemo in her brain, and that I think that was kind of her tipping point of like it was so, I think, unnerving to her that she couldn't she couldn't go there, and so once she made the decision to stop treatment, she died within like two weeks. But and it was obviously one of the hardest things I ever went through, but it was also one of the most important moments in my life, you know, to like, you know, I was only 26 years old. I was newly married. I was trying to figure out who the heck I was. And then, you know, the the rug was ripped out from underneath me, but it really sensitized me to, first of all, how complicated it is to truly heal from devastating loss and how common grief is. And there's so many different forms of grief that don't even get acknowledgement. And so I began to see that in my own life and the lives of others. And I felt like I really wanted to be part of the solution. And so that's actually what led me to become an art therapist because I'd always been creative and, um, but there was just something that drew me to it and then once i started practicing and i saw how powerful it was as a storytelling medium especially for tra- traumatic life incidents that are difficult to put into words it really like it was a game changer for me in my healing process with my mom and it just sort of helped me learn how to navigate that kind of ever evolving healing process while also feeling more joyful, more alive, more connected to myself and what mattered most. And so it, it was really important. Um, It's really important to me. And so I was super grateful. And, you know, it always in the back of my head, I was like, maybe I'll get cancer one day. And so, you know, sure enough, 14 years later, I'm diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer and it was stage 3A. I was 40 years old. My kids were five and seven. And I remember one of my first reactions was like, seriously, do I have to learn everything through experiential things? Like I'm really good listener.
0: (laughs) Was your mother, do you know, was she triple negative also?
1: I t- I tried to find out, you know, but the thing was, and, you know, it's interesting. So when she died, I knew that there was a seven-year limit on requesting her medical records. Mm. And I think I just wasn't emotionally capable of going there. Um, and then I processed with my oncologist on multiple occasions. Would that really have mattered? And honestly, it, it didn't it right. doesn't matter. Um, what does matter is she certainly is the person I got my RACA genetic mutation from um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's her side of the family. So, but that I was obviously able to find out through testing on my own. Um, yeah. But yeah, but it was, you know, so then I, yeah. So then I was like, okay, fine. And, you know, but the thing was, is that there was also this weird peacefulness of like, Finally, I had an answer to that kind of question that had been in the back of my mind. And, And I share that because I think we need to be really open with that. Like, you know, our life experiences are often multifaceted and, you know, bring up all sorts of stuff and it's not necessarily all in the quote unquote positive or all in the negative category. It's normally like a mixture of everything.
0: Yes, in one of our recent Feature Fridays, we were talking about positivity and how there is such a thing as toxic positivity, right? When you're just overly positive and almost to the sense of being in denial. And that isn't to say that we are not hopeful and that we're not positive, but that there's this element and this balance of what I like to call realistic optimism, right? Like I'm optimistic and I'm positive, but there's a realist approach to how I take that how do you experience positivity?
1: To me, the positivity is like, it's always a a, a balancing act, right? Like if you are not pressuring yourself, because I think what happens is that there's a lot of pressure, right? Like pressure to be strong, pressure to be positive, pressure, you know, to whatever, fill in the blank. And so for the most part, as a therapist, right? So it's like, here I was, like, I got my clinical side and then I have my lived experience side. It's all about, like, how much grace are you giving yourself to, like, feel what you got to feel? And yes, that includes feeling good and positive and hopeful, you know, and just without that, like, deep pressure or fear that if you expose expose a negative thought or a difficult feeling that that's not going to like, you know, send you down this path of like, whatever, you know, whatever your greatest fear is, you know,
0: we have society also telling us like, oh, you look great. You're so positive. You're so strong. Just exactly what you were saying that when you get home or walk in the door, you're like, but I feel like shit. I'm not okay. I'm a mental mess. Like, But everyone thinks I'm supposed to be great and happy and positive. And so it's this turmoil of, you know, factors coming in at you at warp speed. And how do you make sense of all of that?
1: Yeah. And I always when people are like, how do I support someone who's going through it? It's like, hey, acknowledge what you admire about how they're managing the situation, but please leave space for saying like, well, what's it really like for you? That's, I think all we really need because there are times where, you know, like, I think there's parts of treatment that are super empowering, you know, like you are facing like some of the greatest fears that people, you know, when they imagine, like, what's my worst case scenario. And it's like, You know, there's something really empowering about that, but, but also just making, making that opportunity, right. To let people go where they need to go and just trust, you know, it's like, Hey, wherever you're at, I, I believe you, you know.
0: And so where does art therapy fall into all of this?
1: Art therapy is so good at helping you like experience and express your pain, but it actually is a great amplifier For what brings you joy, what brings you hope, what brings you. I mean, like the title of the book that I've written is Beautiful Boobs, because, like, ultimately, when you lean into your story and you honor it and validate it and you connect with your inner creative, you feel really good. I mean, there is like, it's this like kind of confounding thing, but the more that you try it, the more that you practice it, it's like, woo. So, you know um, for that particular reader, I'd be curious to know, like, what are her practices for keeping herself hopeful and feeling strong and embodied and all of that good stuff, you know? Yes. yes. Um, So
0: hopefully there'll be like a sequel and a follow-up to that post. Yeah,
1: I know. And that was the other thing about writing, right? You know, we do our best to try to like, you know, honestly, writing, I think is a great, you know, conversation starter, you know, so I'm glad, you know that you've created a community in which they wanna reply and say hey like I agree but I disagree too.
0: Can you tell me more about your book? I know I'm just totally skipping over your diagnosis right now and I know we will get to that, but I'm so curious. Tell me about Beautiful Boobs. What can someone expect and how does that amplify what you're doing with art therapy? It sounds like you're able to reach so many more people. Okay.
1: So let's go there and then I'll tell you how my story like really fed the book. Um but so what I when I think about what's the simplest way to describe art therapy is it's truly like a language. It's a it's a form of communication in which you are trying to express something that is within you, whether it's a memory, a thought, a feeling, a, a judgment, you know, whatever it is that you've got going on that you're kind of working through, words are actually a translation of our experience, right? Like our experience our living in this body is really energetic, you know? And so words are like an interpretation or a translation of that experience, but, but they, sometimes they get us so stuck in the head, you know, it's like, we're cerebrally cut off from our experience. And, or when you go through something traumatic, your mind, your brain can't always get to that word place until it works through the trauma. And so art kind of begins to serve this mechanism of not just telling your story, but beginning to help you sort of um, release that energy and somehow show it to yourself and, you know, through different colors, shape or form. And you, you don't have to be actually an art therapist. To, I mean, sorry, an artist to benefit because it's not about painting a Monet. You know, it's really about like, I went through this thing, I need to represent it somehow visually. Maybe it's in a specific image, maybe it's through like more abstract art. It's kind of just about trying to capture it as best as you can. And then what happens is that you begin to find your words again, and that is very comforting. You know, when you're able to communicate through the language that you know others want you to talk in, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, like you can't go to the doctor and like grunt or you know, be like, oh, I may like show you my energy. Like if you did an amazing interpretive dance, they might be like, That's cool, but I don't know how to interpret that. I need your words. So even what I've found is that through our therapy, it makes it even easier to talk to others about what your experience is. Of course, like anything, it's normal, have some performance anxiety. But the more that you practice it, the more attuned your body gets um, and your spiritual self and your mental self. They're like, ooh, we get to like discuss through this, you know art form what's happening inside Um, and so it becomes easier over time when you're really feeling comfortable it's called esp which because you feel like all of a sudden you understand yourself in this like almost like it's so um magical or like otherworldly at times but it's express soothe and process right so express is trying to tell what's happening As we are, you know, taking that time to honor our experience, to talk about it, you start to feel soothed, especially in your nervous system, all that tension that our bodies hold on from trying to survive a traumatic experience begins to get release. And then the process is where you start to draw conclusions or meaning or greater understanding of what you've been through, how it's affecting you today and what you need. Um,
0: The two follow-up questions to that. So it sounds like there's a little bit of like a meditative process that goes on as well.
1: Very much so. Okay.
0: And then, you know, how many like sessions or how much art does one have to create to experience this magic?
1: Um, I would say that honestly, just one time can lead you to me. I can practice this
0: and then feel (laughs) amazed.
1: Yeah, you really can. You know why? Because you're listening to yourself. You're feeling seen and heard. I've been a therapist since, you know, what, 2004, nearly 20 years. And I do all kinds of therapy. You know, talking is a very important part of my craft. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the work that I can see get accomplished in a single art therapy session is like, it's just transformative. It like, it's almost like it's like pressing fast forward, not in like a pressured way, but in a like, you know, those juicy aha moments where all of a sudden you get it. And when you're only relying on words, you might spend several months trying to talk about one thing. Mm -hmm. And then art just sort of like, it kind of bypasses that because it taps yeah. into your less conscious experience. And so it, it just, it, you know, sometimes for me, sometimes it feels like I'm dreaming while I'm awake, you know, how in our dreams we can do a lot of mm-hmm. work, yes. <laughs> working through things, you know? <laughs> Completely, yeah. To
0: have those breakthrough moments. Totally.
1: Yeah, exactly. But what normally happens is that you do have to practice for a little while because, Again, our performance anxiety is often sitting on our shoulders. Mm -hmm. So the more you practice, the easier it gets kind of thing. Yeah.
0: And so you were practicing as a therapist when you got your diagnosis.
1: Yep. I sure was. Yep. And my clients went through me, bald and puffy from steroids. (laughs) like okay we're gonna we're gonna do this you know I like manu- I maneuvered my schedule so I would like see a few clients in the morning and then I'd go have chemo and then I would try to keep it like condensed to this so I could have the end of the week where I felt really crummy off um I was it was it was good um and what I realized was you know there had been so much that had changed right in treatment for the good, um, in terms of more options, more types of medications. My mom passed away in 2000. So this is 2014. And, um, I was grateful for how many advances, you know, had happened in that time. I mean, it's medicine is incredible. Um, and you know, you're just kind of surviving the process. So I did chemo first and, you know, knowing that I'm an art therapist, I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm going to get a bilateral mastectomy. I was very, that was like something I always kind of knew. Cause it was like the one thing my mom didn't do. And I know that that doesn't necessarily mean that I won't have a recurrence, but again, you know, we, we learned from history and I was like, Hey, she didn't do that. I'll do that. And hopefully my outcome will be better. So, um, in the meantime, you know, you're kind of just trying to survive life, you know, and I started with my husband doing all of these like breast casts, you know, which is like, you're, you know, you use plaster Paris and you've, you're kind of essentially making like this little frame of yourself, you know, like women do it when they get pregnant, that kind of thing. And I, we made so many of them that my kids were like why do you keep doing that? You know? And my younger one who was five, um, one of the ones that I haven't painted yet was like, I did this one where it was actually from my bald head all the way down below my breasts. Um, and was, so I'm lying on the kitchen floor and my kids are like, why, why is she doing this? And, um, I was, couldn't really talk cause I had a you know, stuff all over my face. And my younger one was like, he's like, well, they knew I was going for surgery soon. So they're like, well, when they take her boobs off, she's going to wear those, you know? And I was like, you're so stinking smart, you know, like that was cool, you know? And then like treatment ends and I'm like, yay, I'm sure survivorship is so much better than it used to be. And there was at least a meeting, right? And there was at least an acknowledgement that like, hey, sister, like you might not be in quote unquote active treatment anymore, but this is not at all done. Um, And, and then, you know, she's like, I don't really like these resources, but I'm going to hand them to you anyways. It was just kind of like generic pamphlets. And, and I remember being like, first of all, in this place of, of like, oh my God, like what just happened, right? You know, like, the adrenaline is starting to leave your body. And you're just like trying to like, really, like, did I really just go through all of that. And then I have her saying like, sorry, there's not much I can offer you. And I was like, this is not good. Um, but it began to help me understand like, why, why not that this happened to me only because it's the only way that I could like, get to this next part of my life. Like my, my, truly what feels like my life purpose. But I began to say like, you know, this is unacceptable. And I just, I feel like, you know, it's such a, wherever you land, you know, like I know I'm really lucky to be Ned, you know, you know, no matter where you are in that spectrum, you still deserve to live as well as you can, you know, and that means having good mental and emotional health. And so I went back to my roots in art therapy and as a therapist, and I was like, well, if I'm going to understand what just happened to me, I think I'm going to have to explore what just happened to me. And so like, (laughs) you know, I started like telling like the, the, the anniversary of my diagnosis, the one year anniversary, I sat down and I painted on one of my boob breast casts, like my diagnosis experience. And then I wrote some poetry. And then, you know, a few months later, I sat down for my mastectomy and I did that. Oh no, chemo. So I did that, then chemotherapy. I decided to keep it in the, this initial cast in the order of my treatment, right? Because when you tell a story, you start at the beginning, right? And then you're like, so I went to diagnosis and I went through chemo and then I went through bilateral mastectomy, and then I had radiation, and then I wonder what the hell just happened to me, and then I had reconstruction, and then I went through an oophorectomy, and then I sat with my survivor guilt, and then I, you know, so anyways, so I've, I painted it all out.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. So you kept going and returning back to that initial cast to, like, add it to that?
1: People. Well, so that is what the book instructs people to do because I think we only can have so many boobs lying around our house, but because it's my, my, cause I had so many of them. I, I, um, I have not painted over them, but I, and I think that's more, more from a, like where, where I hope to go and how I w- want to like spread awareness and knowledge, not just within the breast cancer community, but helping caregivers understand as well as like providers, including therapists, you know, because some of the core challenges of cancer is like people dealing with the four universal fears. And we could, that's a whole other conversation, but a lot of therapists have hangups on their on, you know, dying and being alone and blah, blah, blah. So what anyways. are the four universal fears?
0: I don't even know what. They okay. Are. I'll tell you. I probably have um, all of them.
1: So the four, yeah, exactly. We, I, we yeah. all do. They're universal for a reason. These okay. are sort of the existential dilemmas, right? Like they're existential because like, ultimately we do experience them in some shape or form. Some of us more like, more obvious or with greater awareness, especially, and you'll understand in just a moment why all four are experienced by anybody diagnosed with cancer. So the first one is the fear of dying. The second one is the fear of being alone. The third is the fear of losing freedom. And the fourth is the fear of losing your sense of purpose or meaning in life. Wow. So if you were to think about your personal cancer experience, do you feel like you've faced those at some point? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Spot on. 100%. And what do we know about fear? It can drive so many buses to places we don't want to go. Mm -hmm. So we have to learn how to ride with them, how mm-hmm. to ground, how to acknowledge, how to reframe, whatever it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I was having um, a conversation with William the other day yeah, going through one of these experiences and I was like, mm-hmm. all right, they told me to acknowledge my, my experience. How am I feeling? What yes. were the triggers? What happened around this time that I'm feeling this way? Yes. And and then now what? Like I was like left on this, like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing what they're telling me to do, but what next? And then I was continuing to read, and they actually put the analogy as a wave. And that Mm -hmm. when you're having these cravings or feelings or emotions of anxiety and, and please correct me i'm not the therapist or anything like that right no but that's, they were saying good. like on average it was about like 20 to 30 minutes that you feel these really intense emotions that peak just like a wave and then as yes. you come down from the wave it starts to like settle out so that might actually goes back to like what you were saying with the esp techniques as well so like yeah it's growing and then you soothe exactly. and it, um yeah i love that
1: Which is why we did that, like how art therapy can be your, um, what was it? The emotional first aid kit, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think it's not so much that we can't, but like, we feel like we can't. And so something like art therapy can be like literally with you on that wave, you know, and what I've observed and that, you know, people often will say like, well, how can you think about painful things? It's like, well, trust me, these painful things are inside of you. They are coming out one way or another. Yes. But if we can invite them and we lean into it, like I remember the very first time I sat down to paint on my cast and I'm you know a therapist, I've done lots of personal therapy myself of all types and stripes and I knew this was going to be a big moment for me. And I sit down and I'm thinking about the day I officially learned I had yeah. breast cancer and I, you know, anticipate it being emotional, but you know what? The first thing I felt was pure joy because I was touching my body
0: yes. and
1: it was beautiful. And I was like, Lord, I was like, I've never experienced this before in my life. Wow. wow. Yeah.
0: I love that's so beautiful yeah amazing yeah and probably something you weren't expecting right like you almost put no. this for foresight into okay this is gonna be a really mm-hmm. great day I'm gonna you know have my favorite cup of tea or whatever your routine yes. is and then something yes. is like wow I wasn't experiencing that and that was even better
1: even better and then it was like the other stuff like whooshed on out of me right mm-hmm. like I wish I had my my boobs here i I call them my stackable boobs they're boobs in a box i'll show you some (laughs) i'll show you some pictures well there's some pictures actually on the website which we'll talk about eventually um but yeah and it was just like i rode that wave Mm -hmm. and then this incredible poetry came thereafter which was really delicious and like express so much more. And then I wrote in my journal and then I went back upstairs, back into my life. Yeah, And it was, so, so I did all of that. And then I began to realize like, I, you know, as much as, as I want to do for the breast cancer community, like I'm only one person, right? So I need to like yeah. be able to spread my message as far as possible. And that is when the the book idea Started circulating and yes. I'll show you. This is her Girl. in bolder form. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> so, this is just a little mock up that I did. Um, but the official title is Beautiful Boobs. How, well, right now, anyways, the working title is How to Move from Surviving to Thriving with Breast Cancer Using Art Therapy.
0: I love that. I love that. Yeah. And is it written more as like a novel or like a how to with workbooks and exercises? What can someone expect?
1: Yeah, you know, so I'm in the process of looking for a publisher or an agent or whomever. So mm-hmm. for those of you who might know these two writers, I believe it's like a, a beautiful compilation of their style. So Julia Cameron wrote The Artist's Way, like many years ago. Like I did her book back in college years, back in '91, '92, mm-hmm. or whatever. And her book was this cool her book really inspired the format of this book. So okay. in her book, she was talking about how so many of us are cut off from our creativity and that our creativity is actually like something that we all are, it's our birthright. You know, we, we might look different depending mm-hmm. on who you are, but it's often through our experiences that our unique creative voice gets like shut down or maybe underappreciated mm-hmm. or just not like reinforced the way. And, your creative voice is also like your 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 inner guide your inner wise woman you know she's your intuitive self so they're really like you can't really have one without the other so you need them to connect So in this book, like she structured it to sort of unpack her theory of how to heal essentially your creative voice. And um, so she each chapter would be like her thoughts and introductions of different themes. And then at the end, she would say, well, she had a couple of things you were supposed to do every day. The first thing that she wanted you to do was wake up and write for 15 minutes in the morning, like whatever was on your top of mind, you know, sure. without editing. Now I don't have people necessarily do that with this book, but that piece of like unedited free write is an important part of understanding and mm-hmm. tapping in. And then, um, at the end, she had these reflective questions or suggestions or like many dates to take yourself so that by the end of the book, you are way more connected to your creative self. Right. So the structure of my book is that the first part of the book is, you know, because I'm not necessarily gonna be sitting with you in the room, there's a lot of information I want you to understand, right? Yeah. So that you can get prepared to take this on, either, you know, on yourself individually. Like I I have great fantasies of like support groups having these books. That's kind of like then there's navigators, yeah. the
0: oncologists, absolutely part of the library
1: repertoire. Exactly what exactly is art therapy? So trying to dispel any anxieties about that, you know, why is it so important to look at the emotional toll cancer has on us? How does art kind of match that when you're feeling resistance or uncertainty? How do you face that about the process? And then like some other chapters that are like, you know, what kind of supplies you need, you know, you can decide, you know the breast cast is kind of difficult to replace because again you're painting on yourself, but you know women can also do this on a canvas because understandably we don't all have that opera. You know maybe the space or the time, the collab collaboration. You know I have a woman who was able to do her own breast cast herself, which I thought was pretty impressive. So the first part is like, Hey, I'm going to prep you for success. And then the second part of the book is when women can really pioneer their healing to their unique experience. Right. Because you and I both have breast cancer. We have different things that we went through. Like your story isn't exactly identical to mine. Um, and so the, the point in that section is, hey, like reclaim your authenticity, your voice, your power, you get to decide what you want to do. So there's like the technical stuff, like di- telling the story of your diagnosis or your treatment or your surgery. Right. And then there's the deeper, harder to see things like anxiety, yes. um, you know, survivor guilt, that sort of stuff. And then there's body image stuff that, you know, so So then by the end of it, the hope is that you've taken that time. Like what, what my process allowed me to do was not to live in fear, you know, to feel like I had gotten as much closure as I could get, you know, we know we're going to have different anniversaries, markers, and milestones that might trip us up. and, And then you can go back to the book and work it when you're feeling those
0: Yeah. What I like about this dialogue just right now, you're helping me connect some of my own personal dots, right? Where we have a lot of conversations about, I just need to feel in control, but then what happens when I lose that control and what you're actually talking about is this process of breaking through all of that and letting it kind of flow out of you versus trying to Mm -hmm. hold on to something so guarded or tight.
1: Exactly. And when you begin to do that, you know, it's like, I think that most women don't want to carry, you know, breast cancer baggage around with them, right? But it feels so big and it feels so, most of it's so difficult to put into words, you know? And so the goal with this book is like to give you like a container Mm -hmm. that allows you to go in and out at your own pacing of telling that story and getting that validation, et cetera. And then what allows you to do is that, you know, control is normally more of a problem when we are when we're afraid, you know? And yet we have to recognize some of the reality, right? Sort of like that mm-hmm. um optimistic, realist or whatever yes, the words yes. were. Um, <laughs> And so what I have found is that it's not about control. It's about influence. We can have great influence on how we are feeling, how we're responding, how we are living when we when we honor what we've gone through and then learn ways of telling that story.
0: So at the time of this recording, your book is not yet published, but it will be soon, which I'm super excited about. What can our listeners do to stay in touch with you and get on your mailing list? And what can they expect once they're on your mailing list? Because I think you have some really excellent tools that you're giving away to all of your readers.
1: Yes. I want women to benefit from this ASAP, you know? Mm -hmm. And so what I've decided to do is create a newsletter. And in the newsletter, anybody who signs up, they're going to get like excerpts from the book they're going to get, you know, tips and tools on how to get started. I'm Very hoping fun. for like some fun prompts, you know, and a space that ultimately we can like begin to talk and share and be in touch with me. Um, and so the newsletter is my way of like giving this gift as because it's to me, it's like, I feel like, you know, she's her own piece. I'm the channel, but I need, I just want her to be in your inbox as soon as possible, you know? Yeah.
0: I love that. And so people can go to your website. Um, Do you have a website for the book or is it through your creative transformation?
1: Eventually they'll all be linked up. Right. But I, I made a website for the book, which I'm excited about. It's called, so if you go to beautiful boobs, the book, because it, you know, dot com, right. Beautiful boobs itself was like, Twelve thousand (laughs) dollars. I like that is insane. I know. I
0: feel like during the .dot com area, everyone like grabbed like the really good ones too. I found that issue myself trying to find some games, but
1: but actually, I love like I find it so playful. Like Beautiful Boobs the Book, right? And that playful that playfulness is what we are. It's our birthright too, right? And I think like again, that's something you can recover. But when you go to book dot com, you'll um you'll be able to sign up for the newsletter, which is actually on Substack. Um, okay. But you can also like learn more about the book. You can see some of um, the casts that I've done. You can learn a little bit more about my story. Um, and then there are some like uh, readers who my beta readers who have read the book and have awesome. offered some of their perspective on what they think. About the project is there too, so yeah. And so then, exciting. so the newsletter is like going to be happening soon. Like my hope is to start really writing that um mm-hmm. in like September of this year, twenty twenty two. So sign up now, and you won't miss any. Uh, hey. You won't miss any of them. <laughs> but there'll be archives if you yes. catch this later in the time, and you're like, no, I wasn't in on from the beginning. Yes,
0: exactly. Depending on when people are listening to the podcast and everything too. So. Absolutely. Exactly. And so inform me then how this ties into the creative transformation. Am I saying it right? Creative Transformations.com? Yeah. Okay. Is your other website yeah. that you have which offers, you know, different workshops and, and other tools for people.
1: Exactly. Creative Transformations was my initial sort of response to the the gaps in care that I saw on that website, obviously there's like information about who I am, but there's, you know, um, I have a therapy Thursday blog that actually was where I practiced my writing for the book, you know? So it was kind of twofold. Like I was working through the ideas, but like, you know, getting used to writing. Um, And then, so, yeah, so my bit, so creative transformation is still sort of like, the biz in which I do the work and the book is like what I hope will get me into more.
0: Yeah. It's like the scale you're scaling up. So when was Creative Transformations launched?
1: Creative Transformations, I launched that in 2016 and I was like, okay, what do I want to do? Like, I know I want to work with individuals. I know I want to work with groups. I know I want to like disseminate this information and I feel like really isn't out there or if it's out there it's sort of being talked more as like this is what I'm missing but Mm -hmm. I don't know where to go to get it
0: yeah
1: um but as I was sort of getting to know people in the cancer community and sort of getting my name out there um I did some I did a twitter chat with um this organization out of the UK and they, um, Oh my gosh. Breast cancer worldwide. Yes. Chat. Do you know them? Yes,
0: I do. They're, are they weekly or monthly? Like how often are their chats?
1: I'm not sure what they're currently doing, but it used to be weekly. Yes. Okay. And so, you know, here it is. It's our sisters across the pond, right? As mm-hmm. they say. And, um I went on they invited me on to talk about art therapy and we had this amazing like Twitter conversation and there's this woman on there who was from Kenya and she was like hey like I run a support group through WhatsApp with oh, wow. Kenyan women she's like because there is very little resources here mm-hmm. and she's like would you mind coming on and talking with us and so I did we did a couple of different ones oh, and cool. I mean, you know, this is a worldwide phenomenon. Like 2 million women a year on average around the world get diagnosed with breast cancer of some stage. And so, anyway, so obviously, like, I'm where I'm going is just trying to first reach as many women as I can, mm-hmm. and then hopefully help their caregivers understand yep. and then get to the professionals and say, Hey, what can we do to do this better?
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Oh, such great yeah. vision that you have for yeah. helping the community and, and through this process too, I'm curious, do you find that this work is, help, is healing to you?
1: Because I know yes. similarly
0: with the work that we're doing also at surviving breast cancer or doing the podcast or doing the writing, it's you know, I initially I was like, no, I'm doing this for others. And then I it dawned on me, I'm like, no, actually, this is very therapeutic for myself as well. So kind of like the yes. after side effects, I guess. <laughs> it's so
1: it's so the after, it's like the it's the the best side effect ever, right? You know, like when I do something from a place of love Mm -hmm. with the intention to help people feel connected and sure of themselves. I ultimately am doing that for myself as well. So, yeah. So it's really good. Like some people, not so much anybody from the breast cancer community, but other people who, you know, used to ask me like, I don't know how you're a therapist must be so depressing. I'm like, no, it's not. It's like the most amazing First yeah. of all, I'm like constantly humbled and reminded that I'm a human being and full of faults and all that other stuff yeah. and you know, I'm like gosh, we'd be a much happier world if we could feel more vulnerable to share our true selves because the last thing you want is to feel like everybody else has got it together and I'm the one falling apart, you know. It's like god, no, if we're all falling apart yes. all the time. <laughs> it's just some of us are better at I saying it and supporting yourselves through it and that takes
0: courage too and that's not saying that everyone has to put themselves on youtube or online or anything as well there's other ways of expressing that at tier yes right so exactly you know we were talking someone was like well i really like writing like why would i do a podcast if that's not my medium or why would i do right writing. If I love to be on air and talk or what about video? So it's really trying to find that platform that suits your inner soul and your strength. So I love that. Yeah.
1: Your inner creative self is like, yeah, sign me up for that.
0: (laughs) How can our listeners and followers and viewers find you? Um, I know you're mentioning your, your websites, but like social media or emails. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So both of the websites, um, creative-transformations.com, there's social media links. So the platform I probably use the most is Instagram at this time. Mm -hmm. I just think it's a, and I do, I love to go out and, you know, put similar stuff to when I'm putting in the newsletter but you know some of it's just mental health in general and other stuff is more cancer specific okay. um and then for my little beautiful boobs project like she has an Instagram too so like Oh I love that. First yeah so please follow those because the thing is is that I want everybody to benefit as soon as possible, but the, the big goal, the snagging the publisher or the agent, the stronger numbers I have, that's a way to support this work going out into the hands of every woman Mm -hmm. diagnosed, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so, um, so hopefully they are like super pumped to see what I can do and provide and my thoughts but also like it's the greatest way to support me as yeah. well and, and, and the impact that you're bringing to
0: the community as well so
1: you know yeah. support
0: you support other people in the community really scaled exactly. us <laughs> the the support during such a traumatic mm-hmm. experience not just during an initial diagnosis but as you're mentioning throughout the su- survivorship 5 10 15 years i think it's exactly it's with us forever unfortunately but there's tools out there
1: yeah there's to tools and my tools are um are perfect for someone who's stage 4 to stage 0 like it's meant for everybody you know it's not just someone who is done with active treatment, right? Because the thing is, is that we all deserve that care and love.
0: Stephanie, thank you. This has been such a fun podcast to record. Thank you for sharing all of your insight and knowledge and wisdom with our community. It was such a pleasure having you. Thank you again. And thank you all for listening and tuning in week after week here on Breast Cancer Conversations. Please be mindful that all of our content and information is for educational purposes only and is never a substitute for medical advice. If you want to hang out, again, please check out survivingbreastcancer.org forward slash events where you can RSVP to our Thursday Night Thrivers weekly meetup, our Movement Monday classes, workshops, seminars, and so much more. We can also continue the dialogue online via social media. Our Instagram handle is survivingbreastcancer.org, all one word, and you can follow us on Twitter at SBC underscore ORG. Until next time, keep on thriving.